Hello, I'm Stuart Chittenden and this is Lives, a show about conversation, community and the people that bring community to life. My guest today is Deborah Shaw, the social media journalist at the Omaha Star. Deborah Shaw, originally from Hope, Arkansas, moved to Omaha in 1978 and is one of a handful of people working at the Omaha Star. The Omaha Star is a newspaper founded in 1938 by Mildred Brown. Housed in the historic Omaha Star building in North Omaha, Nebraska, today the Omaha Star is the only remaining African-American newspaper in Omaha and the only one still printed in Nebraska. Indeed, it may be the only newspaper in the United States started by an African-American woman. Deborah is supporting the continuation of the Omaha Star's legacy into the 21st century. Deborah, thank you for coming into the studio. It's great to be chatting with you. It's wonderful to be here. So the Omaha Star has a long pedigree. Just for example, the, the Omaha Star building is listed on the National Register of Landmark Places. Tell us a bit more about the paper's story. Actually, this was a vision that Mildred D. Brown had that she really was ahead of her time in terms of innovation and a trailblazer and thinking about how can you start a paper that would be positive news about the people in North Omaha. And so she took that dream and made it a reality and has continued even to this day, 80 years later. Can you imagine? I always think about what would she say? What would she think of the Omaha Star newspaper today being on social media, which would be foreign to her, but she really was social media herself because she took the message out to the people about the newspaper. I find it fascinating that you use words like innovator and trailblazer, which I, I think are completely true, but how interesting that Mildred Brown was doing that 80 years ago. And just now, for example, we are on the cusp of hopefully positive change around the Me Too movement and the discrimination against uh, groups such as women, certainly African-Americans. And given how difficult that situation seems to be today, I can't imagine how much of an innovator and a trailblazer she must have been in the 30s. You're absolutely right. She was a part of the civil rights movement that happened right there in North Omaha. When there would be mainly a group of men, if there was ever going to be a woman there, it would be Mildred D. Brown. And she was very dignified in her attire. And she always had a carnation um, that she would present herself in a way that people listen. If anything happened, anyone of uh, presence or position came into town, Mildred made it a point to be there to meet them. And so she really was a proponent of civil rights, not only for women, but people of color and for all people. The other thing that I learned in working in those great walls of the Omaha Star, she not only the civil rights, but the mentoring. She didn't belong to a mentoring agency, but there are so many people she gave the opportunity to work in her newspaper. And a lot of the young people said, I worked for Miss Brown. She gave me my first job delivering papers. I sold them for a nickel, can you imagine? But she did economical 
things that made a difference in the community and encouraged and inspired young people. She had the knack of picking out people. She saw potential and she grew that potential through utilizing them for the paper. It was a win-win because she got the paper out in the community and she got the kids off the street doing something good. My understanding is that the paper has never missed an issue. Absolutely. That is true to this day. There are some touch-and-go times, but we made it happen through creativity and working together, but there's not been a missed addition. Yes, we had to. Economics can hurt. We had to go to a bi-weekly publication, but we have not missed getting that paper out. And we've had some health issues. You see, the paper has grown 80 years, so... Have the staff people. They're all not quite 80, <laughs> but we're getting close. <laughs> but we've managed to find a way with community help, collaboration, to get that paper out. Because we want to inspire our readership and let them know there are great things happening. We are known as a voice of the community. We want to be that positive voice to get the information out. So you've mentioned that word a couple of times now. You've talked about a positive voice. You mentioned that Mildred D. Brown started the paper to share, distribute positive news, positive information. And and dare I say, you didn't say this, but dare I say, to represent African-American culture and, and the lives of African-Americans through a positive lens, which certainly in 1938 probably was uh, not so prevalent in the broader culture. So what is the type of journalism, the type of content, the type of story that, that a reader and a subscriber to the Omaha Star might be consuming over, over that period of time from when it started to today? Certainly, it was known in the community that if you were in the Omaha Star, you were a star. So a lot of information about family a lot of information about educational goals and a lot of achievements in civic groups, churches. That was very important to announce. Any position that was um, appointed or assigned to an African-American or any accomplishments in sports, we wanted to get that information out to the readership. So the Omaha Star was that vehicle. The mainstream newspaper had the tendency, and still to this day, to do a lot of coverage on what is wrong. And, and granted, that's understandable because that makes news and people tend to, to get, I don't know, some kind of jolly out of hearing that. But then we also wanted to spread that happiness with what's good. What is good about family and relationships and what's good going on in North Omaha with the community? And then how can we work together to even do more good? So spreading that through the paper um, was helpful. I want to read a description. This is the Omaha Star's self-described philosophy that, that I drew from some of your uh, materials. And it says, the Omaha Star believes that America can best lead the world away from racial and national antagonism when it accords every man 
regardless of race, color, or creed, his human and legal rights. Hating no man, fearing no man, in the firm belief that all are hurt as long as one is held back. It's an incredible ethos, and it seems to be as relevant today as perhaps it was at the founding. Do you find that that gives you hope, that philosophy, or, or do you feel sometimes just maybe a little despondent that we're still having that sort of discussion where people are being held back? Unfortunately, in the times in which we're living in now, we're seeing more divisiveness. And unfortunately, that's coming from the top leadership across the United States. However, I always think about that analogy of someone walking on the beach and there's tons of um, sea fish on the beach, but you see this old man taking one and throwing it back. And a younger person walks up and says, what are you doing? What difference are you making? So, well, I'm making a difference with that one. I might not be able to save them all. So when I look at this divisive environment in which we live in, the Omaha Star can be used to leverage how do we bring people together and where do you start? You'd say, no, it's just a small paper, but it also can be very influential. And hopefully, as our readers, our subscribers, and the people who advertise with us see that we're about unity, we're about um, fairness, and we're about giving everyone an opportunity to share something good. How do you go about just the business of producing a, a paper? Tell us a little bit more about the operations of running a newspaper, the business of it, how you go and report your stories. I'm, I'm curious about just those operational aspects. It's very interesting, and I'm glad you asked, because we really rely on the community, because we don't have a full staff of reporters and photojournalists and and individuals going out bringing in news, we ask the community to submit information to us, and we give that information in the paper. What's great, we are social media literate, if you will. We tweet, we Facebook, we have a website, and we also have Instagram, and that's relatively new. And so we're excited to get, push out our requests to everyone, not only those who do the printed press, because we recognize we have big competition. Facebook is instant, and Snapchat, we're not there yet, but we're working on Snapchat. But we need to stay connected to getting information to our paper. The other thing that we share is that since we're bi-weekly, we need that information ahead of time because we want to be known as current news, not what just happened, but what is about to happen. So we try to stay connected with the churches, with the community groups, and we encourage people, send information in to us so that we can put it in the paper and make you a star. I'm actually increasingly getting quite desperate to be in the paper now, the more you say that. (laughs) 
It is no secret that the marketplace and current lifestyle choices and cultural mores are making it a really challenging environment for traditional media, especially for print media, and newspapers of perhaps uh, greater awareness, whether it's uh, the New York Times or larger establishments like that, themselves are facing this, and, and the Omaha Star too is another paper that's facing those kind of pressures. So it seems to me as if social media is one way that you are maintaining relevance. Are there any other ways that you're um, tackling some some of the challenges? And, and for you, what are some of the challenges around being a print media publication? Well, definitely print media is not as popular, and that's because of all of the new devices that we have in our lives, the phone, the iPad, iPod, you name it, iPhone. And so we we have stepped into that digital world because we do offer an online paper as well. And that just happened in the last month or so. So we're very excited to say, um, if you don't want to hold that piece of paper in your hand, you can get the Omaha Star online. But we also recognize you have to be community-oriented. And I think that we learned that through Mildred Brown. Her legacy about the community was so important. That's the reason why the Omaha Star did the Black Panther Challenge, because we wanted our readers to know that, yes, we value the paper, but we want to use this paper as a tool to encourage our young people. And we also have a Mildred Brown Memorial Study Center uh, Foundation that we offer some scholarships to youth who are going into journalism or communications as uh, a major because we want to keep this alive. No matter how much social media takes the place of printed material, whether it be books or a newspaper, there's still a few of us who want to hold that book, hold that magazine, or hold that newspaper. We hear you. And we're going to keep breathing life into the Omaha Star newspaper to continue that, to offer that to our readership. We've talked a little bit about the positivity, portraying some of the narratives, the the happenings through a lens that is not one that is sort of ambulance chasing or, um, you know, if it bleeds, it leads is one of those sayings that you hear in newsrooms. So I'm having then to ask... There must have been some other stories that were maybe more um, negative in the sense that perhaps they they told a more sorrow, a sorrowful story, or there was some trauma or tragedy behind it. But nonetheless, it was news. Have you ever had or are you aware that the Omaha Star just decided not to publish those stories? Or, Or do you still deal with difficult, challenging, maybe sometimes negative topics, but you try to put them in the right context so people can understand what that story is really about. In the life of the Omaha Star newspaper, we've had uh, Mildred Brown as the editor and then her niece, Dr. Margaret Margarita Washington, and now currently uh, Mrs. Phyllis Hicks as the managing editor. It is at their discretion what will go into the paper. And definitely, I think there's been some challenging topics uh, discussed 
in a paper. And if it's from an educational base or an informative base, then certainly the editor will make that decision if it's newsworthy for the paper. But by and large, the Omaha Star is used as a tool to promote the good of our community, the good of the people that are in charge and doing things in a positive manner. They're going to hear the negativity. We can't stop that. So how do we offset that? By putting something that's happening for the good of our community, our people in the paper to have a a balance, if you will. Let's talk a little bit about you. So you were raised in Hope, Arkansas. So what was your childhood like there and how how did you end up in Omaha? That's very interesting. I came from a Southern background. I I experienced racism and um, I I recognize um, the difference in the Southern culture and coming to Nebraska. And Omaha was a big city for me when I moved from Hope. Um, but coming here, I also recognized there were more opportunities. Um, my background was in education and journalism, and I actually worked for a company for about 20 years and was downsized. And at that particular age, I decided I would reinvent myself. And that's when I found the Omaha Star in, on North 24th Street. And that's when it opened up a whole uh, new window for me about the culture of North Omaha and what it had to offer and to experience the growth from a 10-year span of seeing North 24th Street almost die on the vine but yet the Omaha Star survived during the ups and downs of what was happening on 24th Street. And now to see life back into North 24th Street is exciting. And to see the businesses come back and to see neighborhoods grow. Now, is there still some unfairness? Yes, but I think each one has to be addressed and tackled as they come to light. How did you find out about the Omaha Star? How did, it, how did it come across your radar? And what was it about the Star that made you think, I am moving to Omaha to be a part of that organization? Well, actually, I was actually living here at that time. But I was recommended. It was through another one of my foundations is my faith. So the faith community, and that's another strong supporter of the Omaha Star, our local churches, and a lot of our news is printed about the local churches. So actually, it was a pastor that recommended me for the job. And I went into the Star, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed at an older age, but looking for a new adventure, and certainly found it on 24th Street in a positive way. And learning more about the community and connecting with what the star was doing was right up my alley in working with people and finding out what was going on and how can we share that information with the community. So just stepping back a little bit then again, 
something you also mentioned just now was in growing up, you'd experienced some racism in Hope, and I'm, I'm sure it didn't end there. I, I don't pretend that necessarily Omaha is some virtuous paradise, but um, tell me a little bit more about your upbringing and maybe how that has informed what seems to be a strong passion that you have for the newspaper and reporting in general. Absolutely. At the ripe age of about nine or ten, when we were uh, bused to an all-black school, and that uh, changed, and we were integrated to a white school, and that's where I experienced racism. But the key thing, I graduated from that high school as valedictorian. And it's not really something that they celebrate, but I was the first African-American to graduate from Spring Hill High School as valedictorian. And that, to me, said, you can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter what people around you say or think. If you have it within you, you can accomplish your goal. And that, to me, when I read about Mildred Brown... And I can only imagine back then what she went through as a woman, an African-American woman, and she accomplished such great uh, legacy that is continuing. I thought, I have to work for this paper because there's much I can learn, and hopefully what I learn, I can share. You are listening to Lives. We'll be back after the break. I'm Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives. My guest today is Deborah Shaw, the social media journalist at the Omaha Star. Did you um, study journalism in college? Yes, I did. So tell me about that choice. Why did you decide that journalism was a field that you wanted to pursue? 
I like writing and telling stories and making up things. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true or are you making that up? <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> Do you write elsewhere? Um, beyond the Omar Star, do you have other creative writing or, or nonfiction writing that you pursue? A few years back, I wrote for a mission book, and I do a little writing on my own for the family, but nothing big. I do want to write a book, but at this point, the Omar Star is where I put all my writing skills for the moment. I want to ask this with respect, and I, I'm, I may fumble over the question, so I'm asking for forgiveness in advance. Um, but we've been talking about taking the newspaper into a new millennium. We've been talking about the challenges of, of traditional media. We've also been talking about um, you know, y- your experience with journalism, but also the challenge of new technologies. And we typically think of new technologies with millennials, uh, the 20-somethings, and neither you nor I uh, in our 20s. And so what is it about social media that you have grasped and you are working with and you are applying and leading at the newspaper? So how did you find your way into, into this particular platform? You know, that question, Stuart, my children ask the same question. They think, Mom, how are you the leading social media guru for the Omaha Star when we have to help you with your cell phone. (laughs) But because of my passion and because I'm not afraid to try, even beyond my span of control, and I don't mind asking, because when we did the GoFundMe for the Black Panther Challenge, I was clueless, but we made it work and we reached our goal and we made the updates happen. And, and I don't mind asking my niece or nephew or cousin or any young person I know, how do you do this? Show me. And probably repeat it next week, but I will get it. And so to me, typically, you can't break the computer. You might mess up, but you normally can't really break it. So I'm there. I love a challenge keeps me up at night and keeps the brain working. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have many people tell you that you are an inspiration to them? Not often. However, I had the best feedback about six months ago where I didn't even know I had made this impression. Um, I formally and informally mentor Um, And this young man I'd worked with um, told me that I'd made a difference, and I didn't know. I just tell people sometimes almost too direct, but I try to pepper it with love. But I, I tell them what I think that might help them improve where they're going. And sometimes they see it, and sometimes they don't. But... uh. I hope to inspire and motivate because I know that I've had people in my life that did that for me and encouraged me to go to areas that I wouldn't have made that choice on my own. It appears to me from a brief encounter and from the outside that you, the Omar Star, 
are modeling in some ways a optimistic future, a positive perspective, a way to approach the world with openness, fortitude, encouragement, curiosity. Are you trying to imbue the Omaha Star and maybe the broader North Omaha culture with some of those attributes? Absolutely. We would like to be the catalyst for North Omaha to unite, to put our resources together, because together we can do a lot to make a difference. There are wonderful things going on in Omaha and definitely in North Omaha. And we want not only our local uh, residents to know, we have a lot of readership outside of Omaha. And we just got news about a week or so ago, I believe, that someone from Belgium is reading our newspaper. And so we feel like the Omaha Star has a lot of influence. However, it can also be the best kept secret if no one's sharing the information. And so we just need people to value the Omaha Star, support the Omaha Star, subscribe to the Omaha Star, and advertise in the Omaha Star. <laughs> <laughs> so therein lies, I guess, some of the truth of running a business. It's, it's one thing to talk about the philosophy behind the paper and some of your own values that you bring um, to it and vice versa. But it is a business, and so it needs to sustain itself. Um, do you have any any thoughts or are there any sort of strategic business plans that you and your colleagues are working on or trying to strategize around to ensure the sustainability of the newspaper for the, for the foreseeable future? We're looking at how can we be more inclusive. As we look at the demographics of Omaha, and it's really divided. You've got South Omaha, North Omaha, West Omaha. When we look at how can we bring more subscribers, more advertisers, how can we appeal to the broader population of our, our city? So that means we do have to reach out and, and see how we can be at the table for some of these great events. We're, we're getting some wonderful venues in Omaha. So the Omaha Star because we don't have the staff, we have to find a way, how do we virtually get at the table for advertising, for information to the paper, so that our readership know, yeah, we have a great focus on our community, but we're also doing a broad base across the city. So we have an events calendar, and we try to reach out to all kinds and different organizations, and that's a free uh, service. Send us what events you're having so people can look in our paper or look on our website, look at our Facebook page, and see what's happening. So we're trying to reach out and, and be as inclusive as we can because we know that the numbers speak volumes to how we can get folk to purchase a paper and see that it is a valuable tool. 
it's a work in progress because even yet to this day, there are a lot of people who do not know about the Omaha Star, even though this paper has been around 80 years. Well, that's right, because you mentioned how this particular city divides itself in some ways along ethnic and along um, maybe to some degree religious, certainly socioeconomic lines. And it may be a little simplistic, of course, to talk about north and south and, and west, but nonetheless, it's rough but relatively applicable. And so it seems to me that social media is one way that you can sort of penetrate those boundaries, um, create some greater awareness. Um, do you know the degree to which the Omaha Star has sort of penetrated those those other areas? I mean, I would imagine it's really well known in in North Omaha, but I, I don't know how well known it is in other parts of the city. We don't. We're looking at the feedback that we received from the Black Panther Challenge. And once we get those numbers and see where our donors came from, that's going to shed some light on how, how wide our reach is because that was something different that we tried that was very successful. We went in with blinders on. We weren't really sure. We were concerned the first week uh, whether or not we were going to make that goal. And then all of a sudden, things started happening. So I think that um, our, our reach is widening over the years. I, the, the area I think that we really want to tap into is corporate America. And that's a struggle, but, but I think that's a strategy that we really need, need to address and see how we can move that along. Several times you've talked about the collaborative nature of the work you do, the operation that you run, and the stories that you tell, and the involvement and the, the connection and collaboration you have with community groups. What you're talking about, this reaching out to corporate America, this reaching out to other audiences, is very much a part of that spirit of collaborating. 
Absolutely, absolutely. When we think about the leadership of Omaha and the state of Nebraska, you look in terms of where's the diversity, and there's a limited amount of diversity in a lot of leadership. So getting into some of those areas can be a struggle if you don't have a voice on the inside. Someone has to let you in. And so we're looking for opportunities to show where there's a value. Even to corporate America, you're looking for workers. Our readership, they work. You're looking for people to help with your business. So there can be a win-win if you let us in. <laughs> <laughs> to some degree, and, and I may be wrong about this, but is there an aspiration, if you're not doing this already, an aspiration to not just uh, report on stories, but perhaps to lead the conversation about stories or issues I think so. I think we have some writers for our newspaper that do just that in terms of the political arena, in in terms of health issues. Um, we try to find um, writers who are on the cutting edge and that who are experts in their field who will keep our, our folk informed. And I was thinking on the way over here, I thought, if Mildred Brown was alive today, would she be pleased with the direction of the paper? And I think in terms of where we're trying to go with social media and the outreach, I think she would. I think she would say to us, on the other hand, you need to be leading the charge of making a difference and never lose sight of that because that's what she was all about. And so we need to always hold true to that part of her legacy as well. I have the paper here and it says, dedicated to the service of the people that no good cause shall lack a champion. And that's exactly what she was, a champion. And that's exactly, I believe, what her expectations of this paper is to still be a champion for good. So it seems as if the Omaha Star has always been a beacon of optimism and hope and leadership. And from what you've been describing to me, it seems as if you and the Omaha Star are attentive to not only today, but the next generation of those leaders and those people that will um, make sure that this beacon for hope and, and progress stays alight. So I'd like just to hear from you just a little bit about um, ways in which you're helping to encourage or nurture this next generation perhaps to, to take over. For example, you'd mentioned that the Mildred D. Brown Foundation, I think, is, is supporting generations of um, journalism students. I know that you're reaching out into the community, so I'm wondering about other ways that you're uh, maybe helping to cultivate this, this generational um, leadership. Like I mentioned before, our steps are small, but we're hopefully, we're hoping that they're impactful, if you will, in terms of teaching um, students about journalism. 
We work with mentoring groups and other agencies in the community. We offer them opportunities to come in and learn more about the STAR and the history of Mildred D. Brown. We work with organizations. We go to them and share the story, if you will. And we also, there's a program called Step Up Program. We open our doors to have someone work in the office to learn, especially someone who's interested in journalism. Um, The staff will do informal mentoring of young people just on their own to bring them in to see if they have an interest in the newspaper business, if you will. So uh, I think even though we're small in staff, we try to do events that will, or we partner with ongoing events that will uh, give us an opportunity to talk about the paper. We work with uh, groups about voter education and voter registration, and we will send a staff somewhere to um, work with and partner with those groups. So we try to have a presence in the community to say the Omaha Star is breathing, and we're trying to make a difference in different pockets and and offering opportunities for young people to come in and see what we're all about. Now, you've mentioned the Black Panther Challenge a couple of times, and I'd just like you to explain a little bit more about what that is. Actually, um, this challenge came about nationally, and the staff heard about it and said, just on a whim, why don't we do that? And because we're Thelma and Louise or Ethel, Lucy and Ethel, I don't know, we said, okay. And we said, let's set a goal of trying to raise enough money to take 190 students, students who are underserved, uh, students who might not have the chance to see this inspiring movie, and let the Omaha Star host this. So we started the GoFundMe page with a $5,000 goal. And lo and behold, we reached that and above. We added to our numbers and we'll be taking 244 students. Um, from We reached out to agencies that work with youth. And we opened it up to some people to just walk off the street and sign in. And um, next Saturday... We will have um, the theater to ourselves, and and we'll have four showings. We have enough, yes, for um, 244 students and chaperones to see this uh, movie, Black Panther. So as we just think about drawing to a close, it, it seems to me as if you have a huge amount to be proud of. And so I'm, I'm wondering... When you look back at all you've achieved, what stands out to you as something that you are particularly proud of? And then looking forward, what are you hoping for, for the future, whether for you or for the paper? I look back and I think about the leadership of the Omaha Star being all African-American women going through whatever struggles, personally and professionally, but never letting that deter them to continue the legacy of the Omaha Star. As you mentioned, not missing an addition. And I've seen them sweat 
at the ninth hour thinking, how are we going to make it? Because there's been sickness and family issues. But lo and behold, that paper got out the door. Going forward, we're hoping to inspire some youth. You look around and we've got the age and we've got the experience. We need the youth because how do we keep this going? And we do hope and pray that the Omaha Star is around for another 80 years. So we need to have a succession planning process in place that someone will step up and carry this beacon, this light, this hope that the newspaper offers to this community. To listen to this show again and to hear past shows, download the podcast at iTunes, search for Live's radio show with Stuart Chittenden, and leave a review while you're there to let me know what you think of the show. I've been in conversation with Deborah Shaw of the Omaha Star. Deborah, it's been a privilege. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's the end of this week's show. The sound engineer was Dalimar McTizik. The magnificent Marion Fay helped produce the show. Lives is an executive production of Squish Talks. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden. Join me next week for more community, conversation, and the people that bring community to life. <laughs>